Hello, and welcome to the Market Bull Podcast. Please note, topics and stocks discussed in this podcast are not financial or investment advice. Today on the show, I spoke with Keith Delavadova, a representative and corporate manager at CPS Capital. We started by talking about the current market sentiment in Australia and globally, whilst highlighting some of the recent company quarterlies and announcements. We explored lithium and the news coming from junior explorers to the large-scale producers. A lot was covered in this episode, and I hope you enjoy listening. So, hello, I'm Ben Kostrich, and this is the Markable Podcast. Joining me today, a regular of mine, is Keith Delavadova, representative and corporate manager at CPS. Welcome back, Keith. Thanks, Ben. Uh, really good to be back again. Uh, it's a bit, bit gloomy out here in our boardroom at the moment. We've moved from summer, so... Um... Some great times out, not just out there, but in the market as well. Oh, agreed. I mean, I, I've ticked over 50 now. Probably should have had you on before then, but it's been oh, a handful of months since we last spoke. And I mean, there's been a lot happening from, from sentiment perspectives to commodities. So, I mean, diving straight in, into that, I mean, what are we seeing evolving currently, or at least over the past handful of months now that we've just wrapping up quarterlies and, and US earnings? Yeah, I think um, what we've seen recently is the US probably got on an astronomical run, right? I think the you know the Dow Jones and Nasdaq have had incredible runs. We're talking about twelve to fourteen days of rises in a row, which is you know quite unheard of. And uh, where we we start to see where do we go next from here? I think we've seen the worst of things for now. Uh, whether there's a slight pullback or not, you know maybe there is because we've been on such a strong run so far. But I think the the worst of the uncertainty and the rates hikes and everything like that we may have you know found and actually look at trueflation where the us is at there you know they're probably back below two percent at the moment so whilst it'll take a while to eventually get there all the numbers are starting to come down and you know eventually we should start to see the fed uh in the us start to cut rates they're probably ahead of where, where we are in australia i think australia we're probably going to be we're going to be at these elevated levels and maybe even higher for a, mm. a prolonged period of time. Uh, we know we, we could be here for 12 months where it'll just be just leaving it where it is and see where that goes uh, because we need to see the numbers really start to come down. So we're probably in a little bit more pain here, but certainly in the US, I'd start to see the Fed start to cut rates at some stage, if not you know, probably early next year, realistically. Mm. Yeah, well, the RBA is met, well, we're recording, but this week, and they decided to keep it on yep. pause. Uh, but it doesn't really give a lot of confidence that it's going to stay that way. It's more of a, we'll hold it here, see what happens, see what the numbers are looking like, and then progress as the months go down. But I mean, that's, the US is in, again, a few months ahead of us, or their cycles are a little bit different. But what's the sentiment like in, in Australia at the moment? And what's the, the movements and activities looking like? Yeah, I think we're starting to see a bit of an increase in, in the large caps. Um, you know, that's typically where it starts to move first, where sentiment improves. There's a lot of money that's probably sitting in you know, term deposits that are starting to mature and starting to go, well, 5% you know, in 12 months' time is probably not going to cut it because rates start to come down. So they start to look to where, to where do we deploy that capital, what sectors are going to be firing. And if we start to see trends, I guess, if the US dollar starts to come back against the Aussie dollar, we're sitting at 151, 152 at the moment. You know, if that starts to come back down towards 140 with interest rate cuts, we should start to see commodities, gold, and energy rally. So that'll be a big tailwind for the Aussie market with sentiment improving and you know a lower US dollar probably. You know, late next year we should really start to see some of these Aussie companies which earn out there start to be you know really attractive and you know we we should see that not just 
tailwind from that. But, you know, these dividends that keep getting paid out in the Aussie market, people start to go, right, well, you know, 5% my term deposit, I can't lock that up for this rate anymore. Where do I deploy that money? Does that money go back in the market? So, and there's a lot of good value out there at the moment. We've been scared the bejesus out of with these mm-hmm. rates rises, yep. but there are bargains out there in the market. Yeah, well, I've seen some emphatic rises in some share prices and just stocks and naturally the activity. The M&A has still been there, but just some of the companies making, as they always do, a discovery and just seeing a share price rise. Uh, I mean, I look to Azure. Um, the the rise that they've had recently has just been astronomical and I'm sure I'm not the only one that's been watching that. But there's a lot happening out there once you make a discovery and, and the scale that they've got is, is quite astronomical. But what else is happening if we're diving into the lithium space, as we always like to talk yeah. about, uh, what's unfolding there in Australia? And then we'll sort of explore some of the other jurisdictions with some interesting points. Yeah, well, I mean, you talk about Azure, right? Um, they, they've, they've really gone out there and done the groundwork and where they've done their rock chips like everybody else, and they've come out with good grades and, you know, people stick a few holes in the ground and down to 100 metres. There's probably not... There's barren pegmatites, which aren't really lithium bearing, but... They've got a good exploration team behind them, which includes Mark Creasy, who's done a lot over the years. And they've also got SQM on their register who know the lithium space. Mm. Um, what we're seeing is a lot of this stuff isn't obviously from surface. You know, they're about 200 metres to 300 metres down. So if you're just poking a couple of, you know, small holes in the ground for RC down to 150 to, you know, 180 metres, you're probably not, not going to find anything. Whereas, you know, Azura have really gone out and punched a couple of big holes in there. And they're hitting these stack pegmatites, you know, at significant depth. And, you know, they're hitting, you know, 100 metres mm. plus at really, really good grades. And that's why they've gone from the 40 or 50 cents because it looks like that deposit is probably going to be, you know, anywhere between 100 to 200 million tonnes yeah. at a good grade. And it'd be one of the biggest, you know, in the world, I guess. And AZS only own a percentage of the company as well. It's still partly owned by Mark Creasy. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, SQM a 20% shareholder. They've got plenty of cash at the moment. That's why they've gone on that significant run because they've got the right people behind it. There's plenty of people in this area. You know, we're, we're involved with uh, with Green Tech Metals who are out there, GRE. Uh, you know, full disclosure, we've, we've done the last yep. <laughs> IPO and the raises and everything. Oh, we've got stock. I've got stock. Um, you know, and they're, they're not too far away. We've actually been out there and they've said, you know, over there is just where AZS are. Uh, you know, but they're getting they're getting the same sort of rock chips over a seven kilometer trend, but you know, just because it's at surface doesn't mean you can find anything below at the end of the day, and that's one of the key things that the market is starting to realise. We've seen a lot of companies that have run on pegmatite finds, and mm. yeah, we've hit pegmatites, and they've all come up with insignificant grades of lithium in these uh, in these pegmatites, and that's where I think the market sentiment's almost died a little bit where yeah. people promised a lot but under-delivered in that sort of aspect. And a lot of these people were saying we've hit pegmatites from surface, they're going down. But again, going back to the Azure stuff, that's all two or 300 metres down. So, you know, you've, you've got to be able to know and understand that, you know, these things aren't from surface or there are maybe pegmatites from surface, but the lithium-bearing pegmatites are actually down a lot deeper. So it just, it takes a certain type of company um, to kind of go out there and really philosophize what they've got and, you know, start to put the pieces of the jigsaw together. And, you know, again, going back to Green Tech, I think they're going to start drilling, you know, out in September and it's a it's a good risk-reward play at the end of the day. You know, they're yeah. not capped at, you know, a billion dollars or anything like that. they got cash in the bank. And, you know, we're backing them to go out there and 
you know, drill these deep holes and go, you know, we want to see if there's anything down there. There might not be, but if there is, and we're looking at AZS at a, a billion dollar market cap, we're looking at green tech at 30, mm. you know, you can automatically tell the disparity between the two. So, yeah, yeah you know, and, that, and that's what you've got to have the confidence in this market is that, A, you've got the management team in there. They're fully funded, which is very difficult to find at the moment. There's a lot of companies post quarterlies that are going, oh, by the way, we actually don't have any money to go on and do what we need to do or by the time that we can go on and do what we need to do, we're probably not going to have any money either. Mm. So, you know, that sort of sentiment is what the investors are starting to see and that's why you're seeing that disparity between the large end of town and the small end of town. You know, you're always aware that there may be a capital raise or of sorts around the corner and we just seem to be going in waves, you know. Probably a month ago we had, you know, really good volume in a couple of stocks. I think it was LDX kind of um, had been sold down from their IPO to dollar to one cent. Went from one cent to twenty cents on a couple of hundred million shares a day, um, and you know you were like, oh wow, you know things have really turned around. And uh, then you look now, and you know volumes are very dry again. You know yeah. sentiment's gone back down, so it's it's very sporadic in what's going on at the moment. I, don't, I mean, is that again because investors are becoming more alert or attuned to some of these discoveries and, and what it is? Because you could say the lithium bubble and the excitement it's had for quite a while with the noise of electric vehicles given uh, there's been a lot of this activity but are people coming more switched on as to what actually is going to be a genuine discovery and floods back into the idea that everyone can go find things it's another yep. story to actually get it and improve uh, it and yes because there's a couple of i won't name names but a couple of large companies that were well larger companies that you know were in the billions of their market caps producing uh results that they say we're going to deliver x for shareholders of stuff that was kind of unrealistic at the end yeah. of the day. You know, we're talking about Brian, we're talking about Hard Rock, we're talking about companies in North America and South America that were promising things that were never really feasible. And when you're looking at CapEx to build these projects, we're talking about, you know, one to two billion dollars. And where are you getting that money? Where are you getting yeah. the CapEx from? From off-takers? I, I really don't think so. So a lot of these companies have come back to reality land and gone, oh, by the way, you know, we're still two, three, four years away from really getting into production. And by the way, we need a billion dollars. Shareholders are starting to go, well, yeah, tune to it. well that, that doesn't really make a lot of sense at the moment. And you throw the, the institutions into it who know this is, you know, probably not going to happen. There's shorting going on and, you know, that makes for, you know, pressure on share prices going down. We've yeah. seen a lot of these companies that were two and three billion dollars, you know, the lakes, the cyanus and stuff like that who are now, trading at 12 to 24 month lows because it's like well that doesn't really make a lot of sense yeah the reality's kicked in and that's part of the well the hype train that goes along with it and then i mean australia's had a lot but it expands the lithium market outside of australia and i think it goes without saying that that north america and and canada in that region is is heating up a lot um especially given the seasonality and, and i've spoken with quite a few people that are closer to that area. Um, Gwen Preston, who does a lot of coverage there, and she says that it's potentially going to be one of the most exciting short-term lithium uh, excitement buzzes in that area, just given the, the time of year, the, the really the... Every, everyone's, yeah. everyone's kind of gone pegging ground over the last two years, and you've got to do your rock chips, you've got to do your sampling, you've got to get results in, you've got to identify drill targets. So that's kind of what's happened the last two years out in North America. You know, aside from PMET, where... They released their maiden jaw the other day. Um, you know, that was very good. And then it's only their initial maiden. You know, mm. they're still doing a lot more drilling. That strike's a lot, a lot more significant. Um, there's a lot of skepticism that it's quite remote. 
Um, so you have to weigh up and balance, but you know, Albemarle come in for 109 million Canadian and yeah. take up 5%, which for them is you know, nothing really. Mm. The day they're just, they're paying for a look and they're paying and going along with the confidence of Ken Brisbane and whatnot and going, well, you know, we're happy to take a look at what's going on here. So the North American story has got a lot more to play out. And we are, as you say, going to that, you know, it, it's kind of the first, you don't drill in summer over there because it's yeah. too soft. So you need to drill in winter. So we're coming up to winter. Whilst there was the, you know, the Winsoms and that who got out there and drilled early, the green technology and whatnot. You know, we're coming around to where a lot of the guys only pegged ground are probably going to come into drilling season for the first time. You know, we could see a lot of discoveries going on. We could see a lot of good results. And, you know, that should start to bring, you know, outside the um, Albemarle going into to Patriot Battery Metals, you know, I think even that brings some sort of confidence back into the sector. Mm. That, you know, whilst there's outside investor sentiment, which is, you know, quite depressed at the moment with interest rates being high, disposable income being low, you know, that's really taken a froth out of the market. But the underlying drive for lithium, this is when the big boys come out yep. and play and start to write checks and start to take strategic positions when you know, everything's depressed and there's opportunities. They don't want to buy at the top of the market. Mm. They want to get in there when there's opportunity, when they see value. And that's probably what we'll see over the next, even Rio Tinto come out yesterday or the day before saying, hey, we'd really like to get a spot in Canada. You know, how do, you know we're, we're looking at a lot of opportunities. They're partnering mm. with people. They're looking at companies that are undervalued and do they make an acquisition? What do they do? So, you know, it's where the big guys start to come out to play and start writing out checks and start making acquisitions that make sense to them. Well, there's been a lot of that because, uh, I mean, uh, Leo Lithium with the gang fan, um, well, I should say, buying into that story as yep. well was, was not that long ago. And, and especially with Albemarle now getting into Patriot Battery Metals. Uh, I mean, I always look back now to the Liontown conversations. There's not been much there about their dealings. And I wouldn't be surprised if something starts unfolding now in the next coming months because... You know they're clearly out there with their checkbook looking to get into it and there is really this this driver from these big companies being like we are securing this these potential areas to to supply to the, the growing demand but i mean naturally lithium has been exploding um and it still is but there's so many other facets of the market that have been well, operating quite quite nicely with other areas i mean uh, are there any other particular resources that you've noticed or, or other aspects of the market that you see Oh, I guess interesting activity or just points of information or notes or well I think again, again going back to the FX and whatnot if we start to see the US Federal Reserve start to cut rates we'll start to see a lower US dollar which will be a tailwind for gold mm. so gold will start to go on a rally uh, you know or even JP Morgan are predicting gold to be up significantly by 2024 and I think that's that'll be the case because that's what always happens when the the US dollar comes down uh, you're still, we've still seen central banks consolidate gold yeah. to, to prop up their reserves. So that's also a good sign. You always need more discoveries. West Africa is a very good place to do you know, your gold discoveries at the moment. So Africa is very you know, an attractive place because it's low cost to produce. So I think the African gold players are doing quite well whilst there is geopolitical risk. They've around, probably around lithium. Mm. Uh, not... You know, I, th I think there's a few kind of caught up in things at the moment that the countries and regarding the sovereign risk, you've just got to do it right from the start. You know, if you're going to start doing DSO and not include the government, they don't get their cut. They're going to get pretty angry about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not different to any most other. Every, every country just wants their cut at the end of the day. So, yeah, there's a little bit of that. But I think gold out there has been going on. That law has been written a, a long time ago. Um, copper, I think copper will be you know on a really strong bounce from here. 
there's been a couple of small cap copper companies that have kind of produced good results and you know there's declining copper grades in mines significantly going around the globe and there's been no new discoveries mm. so we're at that stage where if you find something again the big guys will start to you know take a look because you know they're not finding anything themselves so you need to replenish this copper and copper demands only going up so whilst it not you know might not seem so in the copper price but you can tell the fundamentals of you know diminishing grades in existing mines to you know needing you know newer and higher grade deposits to fill the the, the, the lacks at the end of the day yeah well because the copper price i mean is we're recording i think it's flirting with the four dollar mark again it's been a uh, I think for a lot of copper heavy investors been quite frustrating that whole journey given the the outlook for it um and it's just again when does that sentiment when does that drive start and and that's where I always look you know if you had a crystal ball and you could look into the future you'd know that we're all going to need it but again it comes into that what's the right price to get into certain stocks and certain commodities if you're overpaying or underpaying and I think there's still a lot of well, yeah, confusion out there with, with a lot of people as to what is actually still going to unfold. Um, it's- well, I think everyone's scared of a company doing a capital raise at the moment. Um, you know, and that also provides opportunity if you're an investor as well. You know, something's oversold, it's overdone, you can get in. Um, but, you know, finding these companies that have got good quality projects, good management, know how to manage capital in this sort of environment. You know, there's not a lot of free money flowing around at the moment. It's not as easy as what it was over mm. the last couple of years. So, you know, how do you not dilute yourself out of the market? Um, and, you know, how long is this money going to get there and what's it going to do? Are you going to have, you know, anything significant along the way? So there are opportunities out there, but, you know, you can't just invest in everything like you did previously and then eventually it'll go up. You know, it's just not happening mm. at the moment. And, you know, probably shouldn't have previously. It was more kind of luck-based gambling in the stock market at the end of the day. Yeah. It's back to true traditional investors and you know, value investing, I guess, at the end of the day, trying, you know, trying to find out where the value is. You know, you can see something at a, an EV that's zero, one, two, got good projects, you know, it's, it's a pretty good opportunity to get into. Yeah, well, and that's the other point is, is the the idea of what sort of investor you are becoming. If you can actually put up with a bit of the volatility, which inevitably is going to continue for a while. I haven't checked the, the VIX recently, but it's not going to take too much for that to go astronomical again. And we're in an environment where people are almost more afraid to dip their toe in the water than than anything. And it's, uh, yeah, you mentioned like the capital raises companies have been in a tough position and now they're having to almost overcompensate to get any sort of equity in there because I just know there's a lot of smart money either sitting on the sidelines still waiting or or what's going on there but there's really no shortage of these gold opportunities polite pun um for options I don't even think you want to be in you know the development phase really at the moment because everything's blowing out cost wise things are costing more it's taking a lot longer, so you need more money. You know, you look at Pan Continental the other day, did a raise it of, you know, 40% circuit mm. discount. You know, they've been producing nickel, it's meant to be great, but, you know, then that's just burnt all their shareholders. They're in a downtrend, and when does that when does that stop? You know, the, the excitement the and the, the value at the moment, whilst it's more riskier, is actually in the exploration side because if you find something, you know, there's a massive upside, but, you know, developing some things at the moment is just it's really difficult at the moment. Yeah. So the downside from a billion dollar market cap is significant. Yeah. The downside from a you know ten million dollar company is you know if they've got five million in the bank, it's you know fifty percent. Mm. So and you know but the the upside from from that is significantly more. You know you you can go to a hundred mil, which is ten times your money. And you know we've spoken about this many times. The downside from a billion is you know, as we said a lot, but the upside from a billion is. 
minimal as well yeah, in some there's, cases. There's, no, there's not yeah. really a lot to get you there. So mm. where's your risk or where's your bang for your buck? At the, yeah. When we're looking to do in the junior end of the market, you know, where's your money better spent? Mm. So mm. that's the that's my view on it. You know, it's it's hard to be in the development phase at the moment because things are costing more. They're taking a lot longer, and the expertise to deliver these projects, particularly in the lithium space, there's not a lot of lithium experts out there that can actually deliver something of scale on time, on budget that meets the market expectations. Yeah. And then, you know, it comes it comes down to, oh, we need more money, we've got to raise more money, oh, the price is going back down. Yeah, well, that's the interesting point, the on time and on budget, because lithium has always been a, oh, how'd you say it? It, it? It's another industry, I sort of looked to it like uranium was quite a few years ago, where there's a limited amount of people that know what they're doing, but yet as soon as it's got that buzz, every man and his dog is gonna be looking in, in everywhere. Uh, but the reality is not everyone's going to be able to execute on it and it's just so difficult given that everyone thinks they're on a on a winner. Uh, everyone's always like, oh, I've got the next best thing. As soon as a, a region blows up, everyone wants to get in it. Uh, but the reality is you know, people don't do the due diligence on the team, the management and where they're actually at and, yeah. and what their, their capital structure is well, like. Brazil's the, the new kind of hotspot really for lithium after um, Sigma, after Latin, mm. you know, SLM, Solus, you know, we're getting kind of a few guys pop up with, and you know, it's a, it's a really good spot to be in at the moment. Yeah. So it's like the Canada of two years ago. So, you know, you've got to follow the trends as well at the end of the moment, but yeah, you know, it's, you know, you would kind of keep going around in, in circles yeah. a little bit, but it's all about the structure of the company, the management, the money and, you know, who's delivering this. Plenty of lifestyle companies out there, as I like to say. Oh, no, 100%. And and especially at the moment, I can imagine it's quite busy looking at everything happening around the world because uh, another one that I've been learning more about and becoming more familiar with is is silver. Um, and I, I don't know if we've talked about that and, and if you've got much to, to contribute to to areas or potential opportunities in the silver market. But given the the demand and the awareness that I've had now with, with solar panels and some of just the changes in the uses of silver, it becomes another commodity that I go, wow, either it's really good marketing, which could be, but you see all these commodities and resources suddenly seeing a real necessity. Uh, but it's just about finding that sentiment and that investor drive, which will, yeah, <laughs> I'm struggling I don't to see. Anyone, yeah. anyone ring me up and go, by the way, can you find me a silver star? Yeah. So that tells you the sentiment. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit more coming back in the tech and AI. Mm. I don't mind the kind of tech and AI that's kind of coming through at the moment need to be a little bit more specific. You know, the numbers coming out of the big end of town in the US are quite good, Yeah, quite expensive as well to kind of get it going. So that's the other thing you've got to take into account. Um, so yeah, I, I think that'll kind of start to take off. Mm. You know, all these NASDAQ companies that were going high growth at uber low rates and going grow, 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 grow. Now they've all cut all their costs out of their business and we're seeing an upside in after they've cut all the costs out of their business, we're seeing an upside in their revenues and going, oh, these companies are now mm. actually profitable, which is why we're getting a re-rate in the NASDAQ because it was so depressed. Oh, actually, you know, some of these companies are actually quite good. Yeah. Now they've cut all their costs out of the business and now they've stopped trying to go after growth. They're mm. like, oh, let's optimize the business. So that's why we're starting to see some surprise up in the NASDAQ and whatnot. Well, we talked about it, oh, it would have been the first episode we recorded yep. about the economic squeeze and the, the cleanse in a way that yep. some of these big tech companies that had got astronomical share prices had 
arguably way too many silly costs that they had employment all over the world for real no reason and there was this real real culling um i know that, that twitter or x are formerly now uh came under a lot of fire for the amount of people that they let go of um i don't know elon commands a fair bit of attention but you know the building it's still running it's still operating and and if it is claimed that they they got rid of 80 percent you just go well geez that's a huge cost just cut uh and what, what you, were these people doing Exactly. And you go, if that's just one of the big tech companies, you apply that on scale to everyone else. You go, well, far out. If everyone else is doing that now as well, not maybe getting as much headline attention, uh, suddenly the, the, the profits and the returns and the revenue start looking a lot more appealing because, yeah, the, the AI side of it, I follow that quite intently. And I've noticed, again, the sentiment is driving that, noticing the, the terms AI being thrown into quarterlies. I think NVIDIA uh, had a huge run, uh, but now we're seeing Google, Microsoft all mentioning AI more and more in their reportings. Uh, I saw some some funny statistics showing the increase in just the usage of that word um, over the past year uh, as a real drive of where sentiment is going and what investors are, are looking for. Um, but I mean, there's just so much out there. It's just a matter of, as you said, drilling down on it. So I can imagine yourself, you've been ups and, ups and downs with, with business, but where have you been particularly focusing your attention on over the past few months and have there been any really plug time noticeable companies that you've really seen some potential in that you're you're excited about um yeah there's probably a couple more in the unlisted space we've got a really big lithium geothermal one out in the u.s called um phoenix lithium that's uh been going really well should come out with initial jork shortly uh it's been kind of kept under wraps for the last couple of years and you know, eventually come out with a website finally and uh, everyone <laughs> seems to think that's the big old and be all for a company that it come out with a website right but um come out with a jork it's going to be quite significant it's be one of the material biggest deposits of lithium in the us and i think that's going to be quite exciting um again you guys had the the arb interactive guys mm. on the podcast recently yeah, they're patrick. actually live in the market patrick oh, exciting um you know they're, they're doing really good revenues if you follow the vgw story and how they went and a couple of other companies that are in this space uh, you know, the guys are producing, you know, really good early revenues after two weeks and to, to actually get something like that in the market, live product and everything mm. is significant. So, you know, I think I think watch that space. I think that'll be really good. And then, um, yeah, I, I guess it's, it's just harder in the, the, the smaller end at the moment. It's probably more selective. Look at companies, you know, sit down with them, say, where can you save money? How do you, you know, how do you keep your runway a little bit further? Sentiment will improve and... You know, what have you got coming to market? You know, for the let's go back to the Canadian lithium ones. You're not going to drill in summer, so how are you going to get through? And what, what, what's going to support your share price until then? Mm. And you know, and then what does the future look like to give people clarity about? You know, do you have the money and can you execute on what you're saying? You will. Mm. You know, so yeah, and then just going through all the quarterlies at the moment, it's been a bit of a you know, it's a good understanding, and it's not, you know, it's not difficult to kind of read between the lines. Yeah. Most investors can do it. And yeah, kind of drilling down and sitting down with people and being like, what's what's going on? And that's, I think, what a lot of companies have been waiting for it, or investors have probably been waiting for at the moment is to to understand where companies are actually at and what does your balance yeah. sheet look like before I dip my toe back in. Yeah. So, well, as you said, there's a lot of companies that it's coming out now that, yeah, they might not have the, the cash to continue, which either means that been recklessly spending it for, for various reasons or they're getting to a point where they have to do a raise uh, and yeah investors are a bit more switched on to you're yeah, not diving into companies that are going to do 
uh, discounted raises. But then on the other side, there's been some very, very well supported ones, which goes into the idea that there are some ones nearing the bottom where arguably you could say it's a good time to be getting in. Yeah. But that's the well, beauty we, of this we, whole we, market. We, again, we did one called Fire Tower Resources, FTL, Copper Story. That uh, They picked up a copper project and they've got some lithium in WA. But you look at their market cap, it's you know 10 to 12 mil and they've got you know, nine to 10 million cash, you're looking at a one to two mil EV to get their projects to where they are to ready for a drill. You know, you'd expect an EV of kind of maybe 10 to 15 mil. Mm. So you're looking at stocks like that and I'm, I'm quite comfortable going in there and buying fish clients on market and in the placement going, yeah, this company's got $10 million. They're going to go execute on this. Yeah, it might take a couple of months, but all the groundwork's been done over the last two years to get to this point. So the risk versus reward is like, well, the downside's cash, which is 20%. The upside is, well, we don't know. I can't tell you what's in the ground beforehand, but you know what I can tell you is there's an opportunity here to potentially make some money, and, mm. and that's the sort of thing we're kind of driving through at the moment. Yeah, no, that's what I'm trying to look for. But as, as we all know, there's not enough hours in a day, which is where it's good to have yeah people in this in this world that are diving in and exploring it every day because as much as everyone likes to say they're a great investor and they know what they're talking about, you can always learn more and find out more and. Yeah, I chalk it up to there's just not enough hours in the day. Um, but I know you've got a holiday coming up, which you're very excited about. We won't talk about that. <laughs> it's private. But um, I mean, give it going forward. I mean, what do you what do you really think is going to happen over the next period of six months in Australia? Um, if I'm ang- angling down back into that before we wrap up. Yeah, look, I think what's going to happen is I'm going to get on a flight tomorrow night. <laughs> uh, um, no, no, but going back to the Aussie market, I think. We've just got to get this sentiment return and kind of confidence from the RBA that you know mm. rates aren't going to continue to keep going up. That you can already feel the depletion of money being in the small cap and people are speculating less. Yep. Uh, you know that, and you know the RBA has been a, a process of that of kind of tightening the tighten the belt, tighten the belt for everybody, and go. Do I really need to risk that money? Am I going to be doing this at, at that stage? When rates were two percent, people were happily doing that. Like, oh, I don't know, my you know my mortgage is low. Mm. You know, it's not going to change. But now people are a little bit more reluctant. So, it be, again, it becomes more of a selective environment. There will be wins. You will make money mm. in this market, but it will be more selective rather yep. than a, you know, a hype-based sort of sentiment that we've seen over the last couple of years. So, mm. you know, you, you tend to sometimes have bigger wins because they're more concentrated in this market. So, yeah, it's it, it'll be interesting. There'll be a lot of companies that probably won't survive over the yeah. next six months. Um, but you know, there's also a lot of good opportunities that will provide themselves. Whether they're, co- if you're not in a stock and the company's gone down to a one mil, two mil market cap, and you can recapitalize it and get set and find something else, that's a very good opportunity mm. for someone that's not already set. So there's multiple avenues to get very excited about the market over the next six months. It just depends on what goggles you've got on. Yeah. If you're looking at from a, I'm already holding and it's on the way down and I haven't made any money in a while. You know. Sometimes you need to liquidate your positions and yeah. move on and start again. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you've always got to be active in the market because there's always an opportunity there somewhere. Mm. Well, as you say, everyone's a good buyer. No one's a good seller. No one's, <laughs> no one's a good seller. I'm very, uh, very bad at doing that myself. Um, I think I'm a good buyer. And, um, mm. you know, you, you've, just, you've just got to back your stories, which is, you know, it's what we do. We get, we get set and, you know, we're happy to kind of play out. Um, whether it's, you know... Uh, Go back to you know Jason, who's the MD here. I think you have a look at Bellevue Gold. Mm. You'll find himself sitting there with uh, a position after six years, which is you know quite quite healthy. Um, you know that's a six-year position to turn itself into that. So 
it's not all short term short term yeah. stuff. It's kind of a, a trend for believing the company you will get these you know, significant returns. I think that one's I think it's a hundred times to two hundred times money on that. So. Mm, mm. No, I appreciate it. it. Sounds naturally like there's a lot happening at CPS Capital and of course yourself. So for, for listeners, as I always say, want to learn more or get in contact with you and pick your brain about it because yeah, there's opportunities that you can get access to on the publicly traded, but there's definitely the private ones, which, you know, you'd suddenly hear a story, but it's been brewing for a while. Where can they go to get more information from yourself? Yeah, again, you can go to our website and uh, have a look. You'll be able to find myself on there. There's a, there's no mug shot, but there's a QR <laughs> code of me. Um, so send us an email. You can get in contact with CPS. And uh, yeah, again, we're always active. We're always doing things. And there's always an opportunity at the end of the day. So accounts are free as last time I checked. So it's always worth having one open. Fantastic. Well, enjoy your holiday. I'll let you scoot on the plane and enjoy it. And then I'm sure I'll probably have you back when you when you do arrive back in Australia. Uh, and I'm sure you'll have some updates on what's been happening because as we said, you'll probably still very likely be on your phone from time to time, even if you're exploring the world. So thanks again, Keith. No worries. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Markable Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please make sure to like and subscribe. You can follow the Market Bull on our socials at Twitter and LinkedIn by searching the Market Bull. You can also subscribe to our newsletter on the website by visiting www.themarketbull.com.au.